And we are back. We're up with Move Radio, RadioNext.tv at the Cool Groove site. Thanks for joining us on Facebook Live. And for those of you on earbuds right now, we're grateful for your attendance as well. Later on, those of you who pick up the podcast will be able to hear all of what we have to say. Uh, not during the break, though. During the break, Facebook Live, if you want that, then you, uh, you click on the archived copy of that. We join you every Wednesday from 11 to 11.50. Glad to be back here again with you this week. Cominius Institute is our sponsor. At Cominius, we cross three bridges. The first bridge we cross is into college uh, at IUPUI, where I spend time with Christian young people, helping them to think Christianly about their studies, their subjects, their disciplines. And then the second bridge we cross is into communities, which is what we're doing right now, crossing communities into inviting Christians who are doing good based on Titus 3, 1, 8, and 14, doing good in and around the Indianapolis community. And then our third bridge is into culture, and the cultural connections are constant. Uh, this usually comes through my writing, and uh, weekly, if you'd like to subscribe to our YouTube channel, you can pick these things up as soon as they come out. They're called Truth in Two, two-minute videos which give a Christian truth in two minutes. Glad to do all of those things on behalf of the Cominius Institute, which I'm the president, and grateful also for those who help us out. Uh, Harold H.B. Bell behind the scenes right now producing this show. Jo uh, then we have uh, Polly Riddell, who is our chief connections officer, and Josh Collingwood, who takes care of all of our digitization of everything online. We're grateful for all of their help, thankful for our board, uh, all of the good folks that support us. Thanks ever so much for all of that. Every week we bring to you a different individual, interviewing them from around Indianapolis. And today we are really grateful to have Matt Williams with us. Matt comes to us from Athletes in Action, and we're going to be asking him some questions about what it is he does, his mission, his vision for the future. But uh, we're grateful for your time here today, Matt. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, Dr. I appreciate it. Uh, so the issue of where you come from, your biography. Give us a little bit of background, your family, all of that good stuff. Yeah, I'll give the short version. So uh, I was uh, born and raised in South Carolina. So I always consider myself a Southern boy at heart. Um, and graduated from Clemson University. Uh, but to backtrack a little bit, um, Grew up in a Christian household, but at um, a, bit of, a bit of my testimony, my story is that when I was nine, my dad passed away. Mm. was killed in a car accident. Mm. And so the um, reason I share that is because it does tie into kind of where I am today. Sure. Um, because after that, I really was searching for something to apply myself to mm. where I could really receive uh, information and praise and uh, I found that in sports, mm. uh, specifically. And uh, I wrestled and also played soccer, which is kind of a weird combination. <laughs> um, so, but yeah, I put a lot of my energy and my effort into that. Loved it, but um, unfortunately, you know, got to a place where, it, for my soul, I realized it wasn't going to deliver what mm. I had hoped for. Mm. Um, so I came to really know the Lord uh, mm. in college through the ministry of Crew or Campus for Sacred Christ. Uh, which Athletes in Action is a part of. Um, so that's a real quick story on yeah. kind of where I came from. Yeah, how about family? Uh, you got you to say good things about yeah. your wife, you Absolutely. know. Come on, man. Uh, family now, I am married. Uh, <laughs> married for, actually, this is coming up weekend. We're going on our five-year anniversary trip. Congratulations. Out to Chicago. Nice. And we have two little kids, three and one. So life is full. Yeah. Um, we got a lot going on. 
Yeah, and you're also a student. I am. Yeah, a new student. <laughs> you're class, taking your class this summer. It's my first class with with uh, ITS Indianapolis Theological Seminary. Very good. And, uh, really enjoying it. So. Good. Yeah. Well, we'll of course make sure that ITS gets a shout out. But I'm glad you're enjoying this class. That's a good thing. <laughs> It'd be a bummer if you start with some. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so we're really glad that you're here. Uh, obviously, you have something to bring to the table here because of your background in sports, personally. But you also have something in terms of athletes in action, uh, which is really maybe for some people brand new. So tell us about Athletes in Action. What does that mean? What do you do? Maybe some of the background, the history, mission, vision, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, absolutely. So as I mentioned previously, uh, Athletes in Action is a ministry of crew. Um, the short story on how it got started was Bill Bright, Dr. Mm-hmm. Bill Bright, who was the founder of Campus Crusade. Someone came to his office and, you know, back in the 60s and 70s, kind of high of the Cold War, um, Dr. Bright all Back then, and even his whole life, had a real heart for uh, Russia, for USSR, mm-hmm. for reaching those people. Mm-hmm. And so someone came to him with this crazy idea and said, Dr. Bright, what if we got a bunch of wrestlers together and <laughs> I love it sent them over to the USSR where wrestling is a huge deal, um, and then we could share our faith with And Dr. Bright said, that's a great idea. You raise the money, you can go do it. Nice. And so they ended up doing it. Um, they took some wrestlers. I don't know the full details of the story, but they, yeah, they took some wrestlers over and um, did some some awesome ministry. And so, in 1966, mm-hmm. Athletes in Action was formed. I love that. Um, and so today, the the vision, broadly speaking, for AIA is that there would be a Christ follower on mm-hmm. every sport, every team, and every nation. Wow. That's huge. Yeah. That has such an impact. And you also work specifically with athletes on the campus of IUPUI, correct? Um, so our scope includes IUPUI. Um, we aren't yet um, at IUPUI. We're um, historically here in Indianapolis have been just at Butler. So okay. for the past 20 plus years, we've been at Butler. And I've been in my role for, for two years. So we're trying to build on that history as well as, you know, work with other ministries. There's an FCA locally yeah, that right. does some ministry on those campuses as well. Um, so, yeah, our, our real focus and, and heart is um, to disciple Christian athletes, especially. We do want to reach athletes, but especially disciple and equip those athletes to be able to live out their faith amongst their teammates. Yeah, that's really great. I remember some of the stories, mostly because I'm a lot older than you are, but I remember some of the stories of U.S. wrestlers going to USSR, and I remember some of those old Iowa boys. Oh, yeah. I, Dan, I can't remember his last name. But Dan Gable. There you go, Dan Gable. And, you know, some of the stories of those wrestlers and the kinds of impact that they had yeah. uh, around the world because... And still of, do. And still do. They're still AI wrestling. They're touring right now. Right now. Yeah. Wow. So. He's got to be... Older. Well, not Dan, but yeah. oh, I was going to say, okay, new guys. guys, okay. Yeah, I mean, this has tremendous impact, I remember. And of course, you know, during the Cold War, as you already mentioned, this was a big deal, yeah. you know, that we would have athletes that would, you know, just go themselves to the USSR. And, sure. you know, all the rest of us are back here wondering if they'll be in the gulag, you know, or yeah, whatever. Right. And so those were, uh, that's really a pretty neat history. And I hadn't heard the story about. A bunch of wrestlers go to Bill Bright and say that to him. What a great story that is. Yeah, let's send a bunch of wrestlers and go evangelize. 
man. That's no, funny. no problems there. No, no problems there. Wrong. Yeah. But, but think about that. And this is something I read on AIA's website, and I've heard you talk about this before, um, how really sports is so woven through our culture that this is kind of like a no-brainer to do something like this. Uh, to someone like me, it is. You yeah. know, And now that everybody's got their niche, yeah. uh, things they're passionate about. But, yeah, I think there's so much about, especially when you talk about, you know, 2019, United States of America, but even globally, um, mm. sports. I heard a, a great quote from a former NBA commissioner who said that really the three – the three things that influence culture, culture either reflect or build culture are um, fashion, music, and sports. Mm. Uh, and that's coming from a former NBA commissioner, right? Wow. Uh, yeah. And it's, I mean, it's very plain to see when you actually look at the culture, yeah. especially when you start to talk about what are college students interested in, you know, who are they listening to, who are they following on social media, yeah. uh, those kind of things. So, yeah, sports is a way, it's, it's, it's a vehicle, if you will, into sure. people's lives, so it's an opportunity. Well, you know, you, you get those uh, those kind of stick-on-the-wall uh, personages, you know, famous football players or whatever, I've forgotten. Fat that fans. is, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, I, I've yeah, never seen... as a kid. <laughs> I've never seen fat heads of our local pastors, okay? <laughs> you know, pastors and missionaries don't get put up there, but athletes do. Yeah. I mean, this is a big deal to kids, so... Yeah. What is it about being an athlete and, and little kids looking up to them uh, and going, you know, I want to be like that, or I, I want this person on my wall so I can see them every day and I aspire to this? What is it, do you think, that, that kind of makes uh, people as it relates to athletics? You know, I really think that um, people love witnessing greatness. Mm. Oh, that's a great line, man. Have you written anything on that? You need to write about that. <laughs> no, uh, I have not. But, you know, I remember back in, this is actually back in 2012, I mm. uh, was in the country of El Salvador for five, six weeks on a mission trip with some college students going on campus. Um, but we were there in the middle of the Olympics. Um, and I was putting together a message for one of our meetings. And it just struck me because the, the opening ceremonies had just happened. Mm -hmm. You know, the open ceremonies, you have all the nations coming in with their flags and they're all happy to be there. And to me, it just was this incredible picture of, you know, revelation. And at, at the end of uh, this life now, as the new life ushers in, mm -hmm. right, that, that all the tribe, tongue, and nations will stand before the throne and worship the Lord. Yeah. Um, and I was thinking about that, but I was also thinking about, man, why do we love the Olympics so much? That's just something about it. And I just think there's something that's woven into us, I think, from God, um, that when we witness something physically happen that's great, there's just something that there's an awestruckness mm. that happens. And uh, I think, you know, if someone, someone with a Christian worldview who's pursuing their sport and doing that for greatness, not for themselves, right? Because that's that's the edge, if you will, yes. where it pivots. Is it going to become about yourself and right. your own glory? Yeah. Or is it going to be a mirror or a reflection back to the one who gave me this talent? Right. Back to Yahweh, back to God. Yeah. Um, and so that's just kind of some thoughts I have on that. That your line there about us, everybody aspires to greatness. What is it? Everybody loves witnessing greatness. Everybody loves witnessing greatness. You gotta write on that, man. 
seriously, that's a great line. That ought to be like a poster or some kind of ad or billboard or something. Sure, somebody said it already. Oh, come on. No, seriously. Pick this thing up and run with it. Now, that's really a great line, and it really does speak to the issue of maybe why I sit on every Sunday afternoon and watch NFL football. I mean, I love NFL football. Sure. And that's, you know, to me, it's it's this marvelous opportunity to see people who are really good at what they do. You know, plus I like to see people hit each other. So, you know, there's a win-win. <laughs> it's a win-win. <laughs> so there's all of these kinds of things going on in Mark's mind. So the, for those of you watching Facebook Live right now, you're going, I didn't really know this about him. I'm not sure if this is good. Former football player. <laughs> That's right. Former football player. So the whole concept, though, of being consumed by and really appreciating uh, greatness and the opportunity to maybe to aspire to this, this gives young people something to you know, fashion their lives on, if you will. Uh, think about that in what you do now. When, you, when you're talking about college students and the kinds of folks that you're working with, who do they aspire to be and who do they watch and listen to? Are they athletes or are they other people? Talk about that. Uh, deep question. Um, yeah, I would say definitely for college athletes, um, for many of them, they are dreaming of making it to the next level. Mm. Uh, some of them are, are a little bit more realistic and understand that statistically they're not going to make it to the next level or, or whatnot. Um, but they definitely look up to those pro athletes. Mm-hmm. Um, you think about the, the U.S. Women's World Cup, right. just on, right? Yeah, just and, recently, uh, yeah. You know, so it's just to think about how young, even younger than college students look up to. Um, yeah, I think there's there's that. That happens. Um, you know, a lot of college students listen to other voices in pop culture, mm-hmm. um, whether it be, you know, people in the musical genre or fashion or, you know, the ones that you go, wait, how, why are they? A celebrity? I don't even know why, right? You know, yeah, the Kardashians, right? Oh, like, everybody what, thinks immediately what the Kardashians. Do? I don't know. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, yeah, there's there's a lot of... And, and what's hard, I think, somewhat in the ministry with you is there's so many voices today. Mm-hmm. Social media is a, a tool, right? And it's a great tool to voice your thoughts and your concerns and what you have. Right. But God for that, you know, I think that's a... A great thing about right. the country we live in that we have the freedom to voice what we think, but then it just becomes so much not noise, so it's kind of nice, but it just becomes so much mm-hmm. that um, you know, college students especially are just constantly bombarded by all kinds of voices and messages and whatnot throughout their days and their weeks. Mm-hmm. Do you have uh, so talking about the voice issue and listening to people? Do you have? Uh, meetings that they attend, that kind of thing, or do you go and interact with them personally, small group? How does that happen? Um, yeah, it's kind of a mix of things. Um, so we do have meetings that, um, especially as we think about creating a place or space where someone can step in and kind of almost be a fly on the wall and mm-hmm. kind of go, okay, what is this Christian thing about? Right? They're not going to take time to go to church. Right. You know, or they can't go to church because they can't travel to play the sport, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, so we do want to create those um, spaces. But I would say primarily for us, the desire is to more be moving towards others 
So like for staff, like someone like myself, my job and my desire is to decide from to equip the athletes who are with us and involved with us so that first they will love the Lord with their whole heart and mind, right? Uh, and that out of that, that they would be able to overflow out towards their teammates and that they would have a, a mentality or a mindset of, I'm going to pursue this person. Because I think another thing that people really desire, regardless of uh, a lot of things, is I think we all really want to be pursued. Hmm. Um, there's just something in us uh, that wants to be pursued, wants to be included, cared for. Um, and so something we talk about with our students is, you know, even if, even if you're not necessarily preaching the gospel at them or, or whatnot, but if you're just pursuing them, I mean, you just ask them questions about their life who they are, where they came from, yeah. some of the deeper things beyond just um, your sport. Right. Uh, I think that really opens doors. Mm -hmm. These are fantastic ideas that we're talking about here uh, with Matt Williams about from Athletes in Action. One of the things that uh, interests me about what it is that you do has to do with the athletic contests themselves. So do you ever participate in any kind of athletics uh, currently or do you attend their meets, games, whatever? Yeah, we try to. Yeah, we try to um, go to games. Obviously, that's a great starting point. But even beyond that, try to enter into their world. And so um, we try to show up to practices. Um, I, like at Butler, I will just hang around Ingle and just kind of be a presence. You okay. know? I, I call it just ministry of presence, just being present. Seeing people, kind of seeing them in their in their natural element, uh, I think it, it shows them that um, I'm I'm here to give, I'm here to help you, versus um, you know if we've got all these high, lofty goals and agenda, and we want to do this and do this and blah, 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 and all this kind of great stuff, and then oh we, hey we need helpers, we try to plug them in, and in a sense we try to we're we're asking them to give right. Right, to something that like right. an agenda we have versus let me just nine times out of ten just show up yes. to, to help you yeah. to give and to disciple you and you know, all those things. It's kind of um, cool to hear you say this, you know, quite frankly, because this is exactly what I do with Comenius. So when I'm not teaching uh, on campus, I sit on the second floor of the campus center across from Caribou Coffee, where there's a couple hundred students gathered. Especially many times, right? Yeah. yeah so there it is. You know, I just sit and uh, people know who I am by now. Uh, other people start saying, hey, you know, you need to go talk to this guy if you have these questions, whatever the case. Um, but, you know, I like I and I appreciate your, your concept there about the ministry of presence, being present with people and not asking them to come to another meeting. We don't have meetings uh, at Comenius. The only meetings I have are with them. And, you know, you are with them, not asking them to give more of their time. Uh, but being in the place where they're at. Mm -hmm. You're listening to Warp and Woof Radio, RadioNext.tv at the Cool Groove site. We're going to take a one-song break, but when we come back, we're going to continue our conversation with Matt Williams talking about athletes in action. One song. We'll be right back. Face 5, of course, we are still here. Thanks for hanging in there with us. I always remind our guests that we are still live so that, you know, there's... Uh, there are some of those thoughts at least going through our brains at this juncture. Um, what would you like to do uh, in the next segment? Where would you like to go with the discussion? Anything pop into your brain there as we were talking in the first uh, 
you know, I think maybe talking a little bit towards uh, one of the phrases we use a lot is audience number one. Okay. Um, which there's actually a crazy story behind that. We don't have to put the back, the back behind story. Because Carson Wentz is a guy yeah. who he created the AO1 Foundation. But there's kind of a whole backstory of how Carson Wentz grabbed a hold of the idea of audience number one. Yeah, that's okay. Uh, we can tell the backstory. I love Carson Wentz. I love the Eagles because they beat the Patriots. <laughs> uh, thank you very much. Go ahead. <laughs> Sorry, I was gone with your yeah. example here. <laughs> yeah, I just hit a passion point. There. You did. <laughs> um, but yeah, just talking generally about like how we approach talking about and teaching audience of one um, and how that can really shift the mentality for a Christian athlete. That Because for many of them, there's a divide between you know, there's my sport over here and there's my faith over here. And they, there is, a, I think there's a desire to figure out how could they come together. Mm-hmm. But I just, and I'm speaking from my own experience, right? My experience was kind of divided and I, I have no clue how to bring them together. So I'm just going to kind of leave them apart. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not even going to try to figure this out. You know? And so when we teach and lead and guide and go, hey, there's a way. To, to bring this together, um, it's like when light bulbs go off, it just completely changes the world in a good way. Um, so yeah, this is something we're passionate about. Nice. Um, well, the the uh, example that I always think about. I mean, the first times uh, we talked, I can't remember if you or I brought it up, but was the uh, interview with Tom Brady. Oh sure. And you said you use that clip constantly yeah. uh, with with yeah. students, yeah. So yeah. let's touch on that as much as I, you know, load the pantry as I, I still. Even the enemy needs Jesus, right? That's right. <laughs> so yes, uh, all of those of you who are listening up in New England, uh, we do love you <laughs> love dearly. You. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, some of us in Indianapolis do have some problems with your team. Yes, anyway. So there's some some of that. Sure. Yeah, I, got, I had to get that out. You notice that it, it kind of erupted. Yeah, we're gonna get a picture here. Okay. I got the candid uh, while you're talking shots. Mark, I'm not gonna go there. I'm not gonna tell everybody about your little fascinating pretty stuff. I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't do that in front of the staff. He, he calls me the pretty one. <laughs> Yeah, we're the twins, so, you know, we're picking together. Okay. My little lady friend, who's that good-looking guy? <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's married. So he's been teasing me for four years. We've been together for he four years. He used to blush. Now he's used to I just laugh. <laughs> yeah, four years we've been together doing this. And it's been a great ride. I've really enjoyed it. I've learned a ton from HB about not just about all the different people that are in Indy and, you know, we share contacts and that kind of thing, but it's more about just being fluid and conversation. It's kind of like, you know, deeper than that, kind of like what you guys are talking about. When people don't know, they just don't know. Yeah. So a lot of times we're sitting up here trying to figure something out instead of, you know, getting together and learning something out. If that makes right, sense. You right. Know, forget yeah. big with it when you can learn it. And, you know, <laughs> A lot of times we could go right right there and just ask questions and intermingle and find out they're bad, but (laughs) (laughs) I wonder why they do that. Why don't you go ask them? You know, I know why we as African-Americans 
like well, we gather around food, music, sports, you know, just like you were saying, yeah. because what you're indoctrinated to is what you do. Yeah. Yes, it ain't that difficult. It's not rocket science. It ain't rocket science. Well, we make it. Yeah, and not the truth. We make it tough, man. That's for sure. So this is a, it's like an internet radio station? It is, absolutely. Yeah. And that's radio, social media marketing is what we do. And uh, pretty much anything, I just put the new post out there. We got about 12 different subject matters that we're concerned about everything from uh, mental health awareness to faith based initiatives, small businesses getting off the ground, grassroots, nonprofits, okay. you know, all of that. HP's been doing this for eight years. Okay. Yeah. Man. So that's the reason why when I said to you this morning, you know, thanks for pushing out all those folks, I mean, that's what internet radio does. We don't, we're not something you can turn on a dial. But it's all based on who you think is going to be interested in hearing what's on group radio, on radio. We come in after But that, that kind of sets you up, helps you to understand why pushing it out is so important. Try to get this across to people that are here. So that's why I said what I did to you today. Wheeler Mission, Neighborhood Fellowship, and Coffee USA. Doing good is not just a tagline, doing good is a Christian way of life. Work with Group Radio from the Comedius Institute, where Christian wisdom. And we are back, Warp and Woof Radio, Radio Next Stop TV at the Cool Group Saturday every Wednesday from 11 to 11.50, gathering guests in and around Indianapolis who are doing good. Christians, based on Titus 3, 1, 8, and 14. This week, Matt Williams is here with us talking about athletes and action and the importance of the kind of work that they do at Butler University, but around in and around Indianapolis and, of course, around the world. Athletes and Action is a universal uh, group. So, uh, Matt, let's come back to something that uh, we were talking about during the break, which was the audience of one concept. Kind of break that down for us. What does that mean? Why it's important athletes in action and maybe some of the historic precedent and maybe somebody that all of us know that actually does something with it now. Yeah. So, um, yeah, audience of one is just basically it's the concept of who or what do you worship? And so, uh, really, when you talk theologically about it, um, it's the truth of when God tells us in Scripture, you should have no other gods besides me. Mm -hmm. uh, idolatry, if you will. Right? Yes. Uh, and so we just, a lot of what we do is we take biblical concepts and we just package them with sport, language, or mentality, mm -hmm. and we just teach it in a way that's a little bit more digestible. Uh, so that's the approach for the idea. So yeah, audience of one is uh, really kind of the main thing that we try to help our athletes understand um, and understanding that really if they can grab a hold of that and they can start to see their sport as a gift from God, mm -hmm. you know, that it's a talent that they have, right? Jesus talks about parable talents, you know, right. like that whole story and yeah. investing and doing well with it. Um, so if they really view their sport as a gift to be stewarded, will to be a good steward with it versus for many athletes and even Christian athletes they slip into this mentality of I need to gain meaning and purpose from my sport I need to have success I need to be a starter I need to make it to the next level I need I need people to praise me for you know, having a great game which is a double-edged sword because if you have a great game great a horrible game you know and you get on Twitter you yeah. might as well just quit. <laughs> you have to delete your account, right? Because you're going to get blown up. Uh, and so, yeah, instead of looking to your sport for affirmation, uh, 
in a sense, looking to it as an idol. Mm. This idol is always over-promise and under-deliver, right? Yeah, nice um, line, yeah. I stole that from pastors. So that's okay. Yeah, that's all right. <laughs> Keep pumping um, them out, man. But, uh, yeah, if we see it as a gift from God, uh, a talent to be used and stewarded, then it's a game changer, you know? Then it's a, it's a way in which you can worship the Lord uh, versus having it pull you away from your faith. It strikes me as I hear you talk about that, that uh, there was a comment that you and I had before in some of our other conversations about um, a famous interview with Tom Brady. Uh, and this Tom Brady interview uh, was kind of meshed that concept of what you just brought forward here, the meaning and purpose of life with the athletics itself. Tell us about that interview and how you use that. Sure. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's out there. It's on YouTube. You know, just Google it. Tom Brady. I think it was a CBS. Maybe it was a 60 minutes interview. It was a while back. This was after he had won, like, I think it was number three. And essentially what, you know, they're interviewing, talking, and, uh, you know, they, the guy says, hey, what next? And, you know, Brady's like, well, I guess I'll just go try to get another one, you know. And it, they basically Brady launches into this whole – him, it's almost you kind of almost feel like he's letting you into a window into his soul. Mm. You can just feel it. Mm. And he's going, Man, you know, I, I've got th- three Super Bowl rings and all, all that's great, but I'm just sitting here going, There's got to be more. Mm. And he said, But I don't know what it is, mm. so I'm just going to go get another Super Bowl ring. Mm. And I'm just, you know, you just go, Ah, oh. you yeah. know, your heart goes out, even in. <laughs> You hate Tom Brady. Right? <laughs> your heart goes out. We love you, Tom. We just don't like your team. That's all. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Your heart goes out to yeah. him because he's a human. He's someone made right. in God's image, right? right. Yeah. So we desire for him to have to, to have something more. Right. Um, so yeah, we just we play that clip and, and talk to because guys feel that, especially football guys, especially feel that. Yeah. Um, so we try to use that as an illustration to there is something more. Sure. Yeah. And this concept of something more to have meaning and purpose, everybody seeks this. It doesn't matter what, you know, or who you are. I mean, we could have, we could be talking about quilting clubs. You know, if quilting was a national pastime and everybody was just frothing at the mouth for quilting, it would just be another avenue by which we could do discipleship. Uh, We could do evangelism. So let's talk for a minute about the necessity of being where you're at, the thing that you're really passionate about, and giving yourself to that. Obviously, for you, it's athletics. Uh, for me, it's academics. Uh, let's talk about that. How important is it that we follow people where they are at, or meet them where they are, mm-hmm. instead of trying to make them be something, or do something, or participate in something that they really don't care about? Mm-hmm. Why is that so powerful and important? Maybe you can tag that into athletics, but just generally speaking as a Christian, why is that so powerful? Oh, gosh, that's a great question. Um, <laughs> you know, I think, again, I think you said this earlier, that, that people really want to be pursued. Because mm-hmm. um, it's, it's, when, you, when you pursue someone, that expresses by your actions that you care about them. Mm-hmm. Um, and even just when we talk about it from the Bible, you know, Jesus did that with so many people, yeah. um, you know, the disciples, right? He called his disciples from where they were at, you know, and said, drop your nets, leave your boats, you know, leave your family, right? Uh, come follow me. And um, 
even just the way that Jesus met people and the, and the little snippets we get where he does miracles. Mm. Um, he's meeting, he's not requiring them to kind of clean themselves up right. before he touches them and heals right. them, right? And that's what makes the Pharisees so bad, yeah. you know, is that, is that it kind of blows up their own worldview. Um, so I think just, yeah, pursuing people mm. on their terms, if you will, or, yeah. or meeting them, sometimes quite literally physically meeting them on their turf, uh, speaking them to them in a way that they understand, language they understand. I think all that kind of weaves together to really create, for me, the heartbeat is, is having a missionary mindset mm-hmm. uh, in the sense of, yeah, pursuing people. Uh, and bringing the good news to them in a way that they can go, oh, okay, I see that. But you just happen to do it at a gymnasium. Sure, yeah. I yeah. Mean, that's, or on a field. Or, or on a field. Yeah, yeah whatever or it is. next to the pool or whatever the case might be. Yeah, so our real interest, obviously, is in people. But we meet people where they're at. Mm-hmm. We have this tendency, however, sometimes to think that we need to draw them to what we're doing at yeah. the moment. Yeah, yeah. Instead, yeah. we need to go to them. Right. So, when when you think about this, um, I want you to. I'm going to give you a minute to think about stories, and I'm I'm going to ask you to tell us some stories. You don't have to tell us names of people or whatever, okay. but people that you've engaged, that you've seen changed, that maybe haven't become believers, but uh, have begun to think about this as mm-hmm. an issue. Um, you know, just for my part in this. <coughs> One of the big issues I face constantly in academics is understanding uh, what it is that, let's say, for instance, a professor is really concerned about what their field of study is. And I really then want to focus on that or students, for that matter, whatever the case. Um, Just give you a snapshot of this while Matt's still thinking about stories. One of the things that happened, uh, one of the many things that happened this last semester in the spring was a couple of young ladies came to me at the table and said, hey, you know, we're doing this thing on on health. We have a class on health and we have to deal with the issue of ethics. And our professor uh, told us that, you know, ethics was basically uh, based on a group or a government edict and that uh, other people will tell us what's right and wrong. How do we deal with that from a Christian point of view? And so I basically gave a 30-minute uh, teaching with uh, all I had was uh, – my legal pad, but I kept scrolling notes like I was writing on a, on a whiteboard, uh, giving them some instruction about how to think differently about this. Now, that's what I do, some of what I do anyway. Um, from your vantage point, some stories about students that you've engaged and what has happened to them. Tell us about some of that. Yeah. Oh, man. Um, so another thing about who we are as uh, that connection is that I mentioned that there will be a Christ follower on every team, every sport, every nation. Um, and our, our mission is that to build spiritual movements uh, through the platform of sports so that everyone knows, some, everyone knows someone who truly follows Jesus. Mm-hmm. So the idea there, and that's not just an AIA thing, that's also broadly a, a crew thing as well, you know, that everyone, everyone knows someone who truly follows Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so the idea there is, or... I don't know why it's popped in my head, but where I grew up, people say idea. It's very exciting. The idea yes. is that um, when, because here's the thing, athletes especially, because of the nature of what they do, they feel like, and I'm speaking just from my personal story as well, they, they feel like 
that if they, they kind of have to put up this strong front, you know, um, because in athletics, you know, the strong survive, if you will, in a sense. Um, and so they feel like that in their life in general, they have to put up this constant strong front. Mm -hmm. But in reality, as we know in everyone's life, there's all kind of stuff going on below the surface mentally, you know, there's all kind of, especially nowadays with college athletes, all kinds of mental health issues, and just emotional um, distress about, again, you know, are they going to start? Are they, is their team going to win? Um, can they handle everything they have on their plate? Right. Yeah. Um, and so there's all this stuff bubbling underneath the surface, but they got this cool cat mentality on the surface, right? And Inevitably, time and time again, what I see is what will, it will take one one thing to kind of burst the dam to whether it's an injury. That's oftentimes the case of injury. You know, maybe they sort of get demoted, right? They get benched uh, or uh, they're just their career ends. And that's kind of what happened to me. Was my career ended. I had some medical stuff going on. So I had to end my career. Um, and so I just really wrestled with my identity. Um, but our hope and our vision is that mm. when that happens, mm. that they would, they would, it, there would not even be a question in their mind when the when the spiritual questions and the desire to seek out spiritual truth bubbles up to the surface, that they immediately would know, oh, my teammate Mike or or Danny or you know whatever, right? My teammate, the one who really follows Jesus, they're the one that I need to go talk to. Mm about these spiritual questions I have, these, these things that I don't know where to go. Uh, so when I when I hear you talk about this, I'm, I'm going back to Carson Wentz, uh, and immediately, as soon as I think of Carson Wentz, I think of Nick Foles. And right after the Super Bowl victory, there's this picture of them praying mm -hmm. by themselves in a room, apart from all the hoopla. Mm -hmm. I mean, if there's ever a statement about this is what we truly believe is important in life. Mm -hmm. And these guys are going to school. I mean, they're going to seminary now. I mean, they're taking seminary classes. You know, this is just an amazing thing to me. Next level. Yeah. Uh, so you think about some of these folks that really do have an understanding of their identity. They do uh, get it. And yeah, they're making millions of dollars and I get that. But I don't know that, I don't know that anything would change for Nick Foles or Carson Wentz if they got away from football. Well, you know, you make a great point there because you just hit a passion point off mine, actually, because uh, I talk a lot with our students about what does Philippians 4.13 really mean? Mm -hmm. Because so many times, and it's actually this little, if I'm be honest, kind of a pet peeve of mine. Yeah, go <laughs> So many it. times in, uh, with Christian athletes especially, uh, and this happens a lot where people just rip a rip a verse out of context, right? And just kind of use it for whatever their agenda is. Right. But I'm gonna I'm gonna knock on Christian athletes because I live in that world. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Um, but we kind of take that verse, and you know, I can do all things in Christ who strengthens me, right? And we kind of use that as sort of this like, I'm just sort of like get some spiritual juice, yeah. you know, and, and right. get out there and, and go get it, right? You know. Um, or I'm going to sort of claim this victory ahead of time if you're at that bent, you know. Mm -hmm. um, but what's interesting is the context of that verse, and you know this, is that Paul's, Paul's making the point that 
whether he has everything or has nothing, the secret is contentment in Christ. Mm -hmm. And that it is Christ who strengthens him to have the contentment regardless of the situation. Yeah. Right? And within the context of that passage, Paul is saying, I know what it's like to have nothing, and I know what it's like to have everything. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so he's saying, whether I have plenty or I have nothing, the secret is contentment in Christ, yeah. and that Christ can strengthen me to, to do all things. Christ can strengthen me to have contentment in all things. And so back to my your point about Wentz, you know, whether they're, um, I think Wentz is a, a guy, and there's many out there, but Wentz is a guy who has truly got it in the sense of whether I win the Super Bowl or I'm done with my career and no one wants me, you know, and I'm sort of an outcast, mm -hmm. right? I'm still content, yeah. right? I'm still content in who I am in Christ because he defines me, not my success or my lack of success. Right. So. Yeah. Uh, it, it's an amazing thing to consider how somebody's life can be so changed from the inside out that way. Mm -hmm. uh, when, when you think about, just because we're talking about these guys, when you think about these great uh, NFL athletes who, as you suggest, get it. I mean, they, they, have, they are believers, and they are people who live their belief system passionately. They just simply do it through football because that's what they're given to. Uh, it's a marvelous thing to watch mm -hmm. and see it when it happens. And, you know, obviously we see people that fall away or don't do not do it as well as, you know, maybe somebody like Foles and, and Wentz do. Uh, but to have those kinds of examples before us, I think, are really powerful. So let's talk for just a minute about the necessity of example and why that's important to an athlete. I mean, we talked earlier about fat heads and that kind of stuff, and it was kind of a good laugh line there. But when we talk about the issue of example and imitation uh, – what is it that can draw athletes like you work with uh, toward that uh, opportunity to see their life as truly contented in Christ uh, through the examples of other athletes? Do you bring them in? Do you have, you know, tell stories about them, watch YouTube videos? You know, how does that happen? And, and how do uh, young athletes look up to these folks who really seem to have it together? Yeah. Um... It's a combination of things. Um, it's some of it is trying to expose them to, you know, professional athletes who are uh, truly walking with the Lord and kind of get it, so to speak, mm -hmm. to kind of paint a picture for them. Mm -hmm. Of you know, just the other day I was messaging a basketball guy, and I was on Instagram, and you know, there's a thing that gets posted, and you know, this professional basketball player is talking about how since he started reading his Bible and praying in the locker room before the game, now he really has this sense or this feeling that God's with him on the court. Mm. Um, and that's beautiful. Yeah. Right? That's one of the things we talk about as well with audience of one is that if you're playing with an audience of one, it's not that you're playing for God or that you have to perform for God. It's that, you, no, you've invited God into or onto the field to play with you in a sense. Yeah. That kind of makes sense. And so, yeah, certainly. Um, there's a there's a sense of doing this with God um, instead of oh God's up there. And I, this is what's so unique about you know what you've kind of been teaching us in class a little bit of like what's unique about the Christian worldview is that God is both fully holy but also fully personal. Mm -hmm. Right. So God can still be fully holy in who He is, 
but he can also be with you on the field. That's completely unique to Christianity. Mm -hmm. um, but so we try to, back to your question, we try to weave some of that in of some of those pro athletes. Um, uh, but we also, honestly, I think what's probably more powerful is when they see their peers doing it. Oh, okay. People that's around the court. That's a whole other thing that okay. I'm passionate about, actually, is, is, is peers really helping each other to live it out. Mm -hmm. And that that is so transformational in the sense that it will move beyond just their time playing sports. And it will help them and serve them, hopefully, as they move on and graduate and then get into the quote-unquote real world. And, you know, hopefully they're in a local church and they're serving the church. Um, hopefully it will teach them how to seek out their peers and to open up and become and be honest and real uh, and have kind of, if you will, peer-to-peer -peer discipleship, mm -hmm. right? Where we're helping each other to sharpen, you know, iron sharpens iron, right? right yeah. So we're helping each other. So I, I actually think that that, that peer to peer level is probably the most powerful. Okay. So we try to facilitate that as much as we can. Mm -hmm. That is really a, a statement that's that should be uh, talked about a lot more about the imitation process. is isn't just uh, somebody who's made it big, as it were, but uh, folks that are you know right next to you on the court, sweating with you, and you know, bleeding with you sometimes. You know, with all of the stuff that you have to go through. If you were going to leave us with something, let's say, if I tell you, you have uh, 60 to 90 seconds to tell us what you really want to make sure everybody remembers. It can be a passion point, as you've suggested, uh, something that really kind of floats your boat, gets you down the road, makes you get up in the morning, whatever the case, pick a metaphor. Mm -hmm. uh, what would you like to tell us? Just personally, uh Personally, my passion, what's me, what gets me out of bed is actually um, the Great Commission. When Jesus talks about go there for the disciples of all nations, and um, I just happen to find myself doing that through reaching athletes because, as we talked about earlier, mm -hmm. I think that because of our culture and the way our culture is set up, you know, you can either say that's not fair or you can say, well, it is what it is, and so we're going to use it as yeah. a tool, right? Uh, find myself seeing athletics as this kind of accelerator for the Great Commission, or could, can potentially be uh, for the Great Commission. So that's just my kind of personal heartbeat and passion. Um, it's not necessarily a charge or anything, but uh, you know, even though we are focusing and zeroing in on um, you know, college student athletes, right. um, we really, see ourselves as contributing a very, very small slice, but contributing to the overall Great Commission. Yeah. And the manifestation of discipleship, what that's going to mean for these young people in life to come you know, as they continue through life. This has been a powerful uh, 45 minutes, man. Thanks so much for spending time with us. I'm really grateful for this. Every Wednesday from 11 to 11.50, you hear an interview from a different person from around Indianapolis, a Christian who is doing good. We're grateful for Matt Williams today for coming in, stopping by to chat with us a little bit about what he does with Athletes in Action. Next week, we'll be doing the same thing with another guest. Really grateful for all of those uh, who step up to the plate. If you're ever interested in connecting us to people around Indianapolis that you think, hey, Mark, this person needs to be on the show. Uh, let's get see what we can do about getting them on. Please uh, uh, personal message me, uh, text me, uh, email me, echo1957 at gmail, whatever, however you want to get in touch with me, just let me know. 
uh, folks from around Indianapolis that are doing good, Christians who are actually doing the Great Commission. Maybe that would be a good thing. Thanks again, Matt, for your time today. And we are going to be back next week. Looking forward to that. Until then, we'll see you.